All right, all right, all right, lead heads. I am back. This is your, I don't know, podcast host, the most, lefty. (laughs) I have no title. But we're bringing you more from the Talking Lead podcast this week. Hope you guys uh, tuned in to the Talking Lead AK Corner, where we talked about the Galil, and we had a slew of experts on the show to uh, help us with that. We even went to the uh, the makers of the Galil, IWI. We had Jeremy with IWI on, and uh, got some great back information on the history of the Galil. And we had Marco Vorobiv, who is a former Spetsnaz soldier, uh, now turned author and historian. He's written several books on the AK-47 and, and the history. So uh, just a great show, uh, priceless information that you're not going to hear anywhere else. So go back, check that episode out. Uh, and then this episode, we're going to be getting into some of the leftover SHOT Show interviews. So I've still got several interviews from SHOT Show that have not uh, cranked out yet. So we're going to drop a couple of those this episode. And then uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about what I've been doing this past week. And to help me do that, we've brought in another good friend of the show, and he's been on several times, but this is his first time on like the regular show. We've, we've had him on at uh, conventions and NRAs and things like that, uh, but this will be his first time on our regular show. So let's welcome in our good buddy from Leo Takedown Systems, Joe Weir. Joe, welcome in. Well, thank you very much for having me in today. Well, man, it's uh, a pleasure. It, it's like you were just here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> funny that. F- funny, funny you should say that. Uh, because I was. Just, it seems like just, just yesterday. Just a few days. I mean, it hadn't been that long. It was just a few days ago that you were here, and we took a trip up to Royal Range there in Nashville. And you schooled me on your system, the LEO takedown, though. We've talked about it before on the show, but I don't think we've gone into like great details about it. Um, so we've got Joe on to, to give some more insight on this awesome, uh, it's multi-caliber, multi-use system for your AR-15. Uh, how do you guys describe it? Well, it's it's uh, it's a new way of uh, being able to package the AR-15. Uh, Good. It allows you Good. to take the yeah. barrel off for stowing it. Um, but it also allows you to change calibers. Uh, it was developed by a veteran helicopter pilot who uh, was told he had to fly with a rifle in between his, well, somewhere in the cockpit. He ended up with it between his shoulder and, and the canopy um, and got back from deployment and said, there's got to be a better way to uh, to put this thing away. So uh, he came up with the system. It's it's a uh, re- it replaces the delta ring, and it is a uses gross motor actions, and it and it's straight in, straight out. Yeah, uh, it's very easy to operate. Uh, allows you to be able to change the barrel, so take lot it off, of, put it back. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to this system. It's not just a multi-caliber. I mean, it it serves a lot of different uh, purposes. Um, solves a lot of different issues that that our military, law enforcement, and you know civilians uh, all alike have and experience every day. And we're going to get into those, and we're going to talk about that. And one of the issues that I was having is uh, it is, I mean, if you've got just a little bit of smithing skills and you've got some tools, basic tools, uh, you're going to be able to install this thing yourself, unless you're me. 
but <laughs> that's why I had <laughs> that's why I had Joe come up because I installed it and I you know I jacked it up. I did it all wrong, so I had to call in the expert to come help me. And um, we did a little video on it. So as you're listening to this, be looking for the video that we've released. It, it'll be on social media, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure it'll be uh, you know on the website as well. I don't know if they want to post it on their website, but <laughs> they're. Uh, Joe, you are more than welcome to, to use that however you feel feel the need. But it was more to um, um, because I'm sure I'm not the only person that's running this issue, you know, with this this system. But uh, we'll get into that. We're going to talk about that. But uh, while you were up here, we had a we had a good time. We were able to shoot some other guns that uh, that were new that came in. So Joe got a little trigger try- time on my new ODS 1775 and the uh, Bullpup that Keltec sent me, the RDB-17. Uh, oh, that's a sweet gun. Oh, they were both, yeah, both remarkable. And uh, we're going to be talking about more of those in the, the episodes to come. But uh, we, we had an opportunity to go to dinner uh, one night. Andrew joined us and Pepper joined us. And we got to talking and reminiscing. And somehow the Cannonball Run movie came up you guys remember the cannonball run back in the the 80s the early 80s uh with burt reynolds dom DeLuise, and just a whole slew of other uh superstars at the time dean martin um uh what's the the blind guy he's a little sidekick uh, sammy davis jr <laughs> yeah uh, Terry- he's only half blind Terry Bradshaw, I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. And again, it was, if you're younger, you're millennial, you're not going to know who any of these people are that we're talking about. But <laughs> they were superstars during our time. And, uh, you know, with all these remakes that have been going out here recently of of nostalgic movies and, and TV shows, uh, we were just baffled that uh, nobody had remade that yet. The Cannonball Run. It is surprising. It is surprising. I mean, great movie. I thought I mean, it was one of my favorite movies of all times, and you don't see it like replayed a lot, like on these uh, these streaming. I don't think I've ever seen it on one of these streaming services. Yeah, I, I think that there's there is some sort of a copyright uh, thing going on right now. It's not available anywhere except overseas. The the first movie, second movie's out there, um, and quite frankly, I, I personally I think the first movie is much better. Oh, uh, absolutely. The, sec- the second one uh, kind of phoned it in, but uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, the first one, there's no, uh, I mean, you can't top that. It's, it was an original idea, and the, how this movie came to be was, you know, during that time was when they were passing the 55 mile an hour speed limit nationwide, and this this Cannonball Run, which is a race from coast to coast, starts on the East Coast, I think in New Jersey somewhere, and is a real thing. Uh, and they, they they go to California, and um, they were protesting this new 55 mile an hour imposed speed limit, and uh, it's it's hilarious. So if you guys yeah. haven't ever watched it, uh, I don't know where you're gonna be able to find a copy. I I broke out my old VHS tape. Um, I still yeah I still got a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have to explain that to some of your millennial listeners. Oh, what a VHS is? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no doubt. But we, after we had dinner that night, uh, you know, we were like, I had the, I had the bugs. So I had to watch it. So we sit down and watch that. And 
Uh, we got her kids to watch it. They'd never seen it or heard of it. Didn't know who half the people were in it. Uh, but yeah. they enjoyed it. They they thought it was pretty good. Um, Jackie Chan actually is in that too. I was thinking he is. He so is. That's, that's somebody that they would know. Jack, I mean, he's a very young Jackie Chan uh, is in that movie. A very funny Jackie Chan too. That's the other part. Oh my uh, gosh, the things that they do in this movie are so what would be considered racist today. You know, some of the jokes and stereotypes that they're doing in in this movie would be considered racist. But yeah, the movie the movie took a lot of liberties. It was actually based on a real event, a real annual event that used to happen. Um, I actually ran into one of the organizers, Brock Yates. Uh, he did a column for Car and Driver back in the day. And uh, he was one of the organizers of this thing, uh, of the real thing. Oh yeah, and he was also a uh, he was also a I guess a consultant for the movie. Uh, I ran into him once. Uh, They had this thing that was kind of a watered down successor called One Lap of America. Car and Driver put on, and and uh, I got to meet him there once uh, over in South Carolina, and uh, I introduced myself, and you know. Being a young kid during that time, and you know, I used to read the car and drivers cover to cover, oh, yeah. and uh, watch the movie so many times. My copy of that VHS was worn out, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I introduced myself and told him what a fan I was of his work, and he looked at me and he had a deadpan look, and he said, "You need to get a life." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> This was the so day was, before the internet, you know, where you had magazines. You know, people went to magazines to get their right, right, their information. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did you happen to a get a, an autograph or anything like that? No, no. After I'd been told to get a life, I uh, I said, you know, maybe this isn't the guy to ask for an autograph. <laughs> he wasn't much into uh, the, the fandom, huh? <laughs> yeah, he, he also shared his... Uh, he, he didn't have a high opinion of the movies either, apparently. Uh, there was too much levity involved. Oh, um, there was great levity involved. <laughs> um, but like you said, it was based on a real event. That and I don't know if they still do it or not. Um, no, the Cannonball Run. I mean, it's probably an underground thing if they do, and it's not you know advertised or talked about, which this one wasn't either. And um, but they well, had actually I, taken what's that? Well, as a funny you say that, there was just a news story this past week about how the record time for that Cannonball Run has been broken seven times in the last five weeks. Um, so it may not be an five weeks yes so apparently it's still going on (laughs) well they're yeah they're they're at least doing covert runs i don't know if it's uh i don't know if it's a full star-studded cast like it was back in the 70s but uh yeah apparently folks are are still taking it serious trying to get from one coast to the other i'll have to look that up um but yeah roger moore was in it you know former he's played one of the james bond uh he was one of the james bonds uh i mean they keep coming to me there's just just everywhere you look, there's some sort of celebrity. And they were huge back in that time, obviously. You know, Roger Moore was a really big star back uh, in the 80s. 
uh, who else was in that? Adrian Barbeau and some other chick. They were in the Lamborghini. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. That's right. Farrah Fawcett was in it. Um, there was a couple of, of besides um, Joe Klecko was in it. Besides um, Terry Bradshaw, so a couple of football players that were in it. Yep. Yep. Uh, a couple, I guess, comedians of the day were were there too. I don't, I don't know, but it's a great movie. But they've got everything from Lamborghinis, Ferraris to big dually trucks to uh, ambulances that are. You know, racing and say they just come up with any kind of gimmick they can, so they won't get pulled over to get uh, from from one coast to the other. Oh, and there's this uh, this couple that are on a motorcycle, and the guy that's on the back is a fat guy, and they do a wheelie the whole way. <laughs> on, but it's a great movie. If you've not seen it, uh, you got to go see it. Reminisce. Uh, it brought back a lot of memories. So I was doing some reminiscing uh, when Joe came into town. Awesome. But maybe maybe we can do like we talked about. You know, we'll get together and we'll we'll make another one. We'll produce the next Cannonball Run, Cannonball Run three. That's a yeah. Uh, that's a tall order, but I'm up for it. Make it modern day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So before Leo. before we get into talking about the Leo system, uh, we've got to take care of some jack wagons and some Leadhead Brigade heroes. So Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, Semper do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and I think what I want to do is I want to go to our Leadhead uh, submitted Jack Wagons first. So let's do that. And I'm going to our first one, and this comes from Jason Edgar. And Jason says, hey, Lefty, I nominate iHeartRadio for picking Hillary Clinton to speak to our youth on their 2020 graduation commencement podcast. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Jason says, I have a senior graduating this year, and it is tough not having a traditional commencement. I couldn't imagine what Hillary has to offer morally to say to our youth, more like vote Democrat. Just goes to show how blind our society is and how corrupt our media is. Well, there you go. I and mean, I don't know that they're corrupt, but they are biased, and they make no bones about their uh, how biased that they are. But that is definitely one podcast that I will not listen to, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure millions of others will not listen to either. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not forcing these these um, senior graduates from across the nation. Hopefully, they're not doing this like. Everybody has to listen to this. That would be wrong, definitely. Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. But, yeah, great nomination there, Jason. So what about you, Joe? You got any You got any jack wagons? Anything come to mind? I know you weren't prepared, but as we're talking, something might come to mind. Well, you know, it's funny. You were, we were talking about the cannonball run because uh, I get at least eight or nine jack wagons a morning on my morning commute who <laughs> seem to be practicing for the cannonball <laughs> run out on 77. Um <laughs> I kid you not. I, I haven't seen anything move that fast uh, since they called me for the buffet. But uh, <laughs> it uh, it's just crazy out there. Just I th- crazy. I think that's any major city. You've always got those those commuter jack wagons that just have no regard for for anybody else on the road. They think they're the only people on the road. All right. So Ed Burton. This one comes from yeah. Ed. Easy, easy triple digit speeds. Yeah. Ed Burton sends this one in. And this says, a local to me, Jack Wagon Passenger. And he's got a link here 
And it looks like he's got a, it's a wanted uh, poster. $500 Crime Stoppers reward for information leading to the arrest of Lee Marksy Melson. And let's see what this guy did. It says, LPD responded to this address in reference to a child shot. Officers arrived and determined that a four-year-old female child had been shot in the face. The child was immediately transported Holy. to the hospital. Uh, so it says that this guy is believed uh, that he left a, a firearm out, uh, and his six-year-old found it, was playing with it, and then shot this uh, little girl in the face. It says, after the shooting, this jack wagon fled the scene, taking the weapon with him. And, of course, no surprise here, this guy's a felon. Um, several violations that he's got on his record here. Uh, looks to be a repeat offender. If only there was some law that would keep somebody like that from owning a gun. Well, right? <laughs> oh, wait, there is. Just probably why he's a felon to begin with. Uh, but if anybody knows this guy, it's L-E-M-A-R-K-E-S-E Melson. And this appears to be, uh, I don't see where this is. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Atlanta. Okay, so this is in Atlanta. And uh, you can call Crime Stopper 706-812-1000. Hopefully they've already got this guy by now. But uh, anyway, definitely Jack Wagon. All right, so my Jack Wagon... I was going through some articles, and I thought this was this wasn't a thing anymore, but apparently it is. Ghost guns. So, sixty minutes has done a a bit recently. This was uh, released May tenth. Says ghost guns, the build-it-yourself firearms that skirt most federal gun laws and are virtually untraceable. Dun dun dun. Uh, says under federal law, they require no background check or serial number making ghost guns a growing weapon of choice for criminals. A growing weapon of choice for criminals. Okay. As the coronavirus pandemic sweeps through the country, panic and fear have caused a run on hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and guns. Retailers tell us they have never seen such a surge in firearm sales. One kind of weapon that has been selling out is a build-it-yourself firearm known as a ghost gun. Because it skirts most federal gun laws. There's no background check or serial number, making ghost guns invisible to police and almost impossible to trace when used in a crime. We were surprised that it's all perfectly legal. After a year and a half of reporting, we discovered that ghost guns, once mainly popular with gun enthusiasts, have also become a weapon of choice for criminals, manufactured by gangs, and used in mass shootings. Oh my gosh. Wow. Now that's some top notch reporting there. I you mean, think they would everything I mean, it's scare tactics. All their words and and the way that they're phrasing everything is meant to bring fear to the uneducated. Well the fact is that this has always been legal. It's always been legal to make your own firearm uh, within certain limitations. Uh, as long as you're not selling them or using them in crimes for criminal purposes, which the same goes for guns with serial numbers. Uh, but most criminals, no, this is not a growing thing for criminals. Most most criminals aren't, uh, they don't have the money to go and build their own guns, to order the parts and 
and uh, the machining that it takes. You have to be precise when doing this. You know, you can't just get a chisel and a hammer and you know bang out your own your own firearm. Well, maybe you could. I don't know, but uh, it's probably going to blow up in your face. Uh, so, you know, the the fact that they're making this out to be something bigger than it than it actually is is ridiculous. Uh, and the article goes on, and it says that they actually sought out America's Top Gun cops. Guess who they're calling America's Top Gun cops, Joe? Barney? The ATF. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> to find out exactly what a ghost, ghost gun is. Thomas Chittam, ATF's Assistant Director of Field Operations, gave us rare access to its West Virginia Weapons Repository and told us the latest additions here our ghost so here's his interview with uh with this guy and this is just comical to us who who know and understand the laws and what they're trying to accomplish here this is just just pure comedy this is bill whitaker what's the difference between these two guns and he's holding up two glocks uh one that was apparently an 80 percent that somebody finished uh, and then the other uh you know when you get at your local gun dealer says, well, this is a firearm that was manufactured by a licensed manufacturer. The law requires them to mark them with certain markings, including a serial number. This one is not marked. No background check is completed when you purchase it. Well, you're, you're not purchasing it. Yeah. That's okay. that's, there's, the, there's the first loophole there. They're, they're not legal for sale. So, well, so there's, there's felony one. Well, yeah, there's, there's no loophole. That's, that's the thing. There's no loophole here. So no background <laughs> check is completed when you purchase it. It's made at home by somebody using commonly available hand tools. I, <laughs> I don't know any hand tools. Like I was saying, a chisel and a hammer, no. I mean, you got to have some pretty precise milling machines uh, to be able to do this. Now, I did an 80% AR-15 a few years back. Did my first one. And I used a hand drill press. And I did a pretty good job. I mean, it was, it was a bang up job, but you know, I got it done, and I still use it today. Um, you know, still works fine, but I still own it. I still possess it. If I ever go to sell it, law requires that I put a serial number on it, and then I can sell it legally. So there are legal ways that you can go about transferring, selling unserialized homemade guns. It's legal. It's completely legal. Nothing illegal about this. What's illegal is when people use them for, Joe, illegal Crimes. purposes. <laughs> <laughs> when they break the law. Laws are set up to make this legal, that you can do this. You know, it's perfectly fine. But as in everything that, that humans get involved with, there are people that go against the grain and they use them for nefarious purposes. So it goes on to say, so they both do the same thing. And the ATF guy, they both shoot. Uh, as Chittam says, usually if you bought a gun at a store, it would have a traceable serial number and you would need to pass a background check under federal law. A ghost gun can circumvent all of that because it's put together from unfinished, untraceable parts. You mean so, like, like metal stock and plastic? So, so I think we should start registering when you buy tubing and... And other metal stock at the uh, at the wholesaler now because obviously, yeah, you know steps need to be taken. It's virtually invisible to you and the government. The reporter says it's it 
it almost makes it challenging to keep it out of the hands of people who are not allowed to possess firearms. Well, obviously, in the story that I read previously, you know, it, <laughs> it was a felon, a guy who was a convicted felon, and he still had a firearm anyway. You know, they, they can still get fired because they can, they can steal them. They know they're not supposed to be in possession of them, but yet he was still in possession of it. Didn't stop him, did it? That law didn't stop him. The article goes on, and I'm not going to read this article. It's just going to, it's just going to upset me. I'm going to get upset reading this article because of the stupidity and the way that they're leading uh, uneducated people about this and, and, and bringing them down their rabbit hole here. Uh, so if you guys want to check this article out, just Google uh, ghost guns, the build-it-yourself firearms that skirt most federal gun bans, 60 minutes. Uh, you can find it there. There's actually a video there, too. I haven't watched the video yet, uh, but looking at these guys and the fact that they were willing to do an interview with, with 60 minutes, uh, they're jack wagons. They're boneheads. Stay TF. What do you expect? Uh, I went I went down deeper on that one than I was intended to, but <laughs> that's what happens. It had to be done. Uh, I had a couple more here. I think I'm just going to skip over them. Uh, three men arrested outside a homicide victim's funeral with AK-47s. Uh, so the gist of this story was uh, there was a funeral going on, and this car pulls up, and these kids get out, or these people. I don't know if they were kids or adults. Uh, they're in their 20s. Um, and they've got mask on and one of them is toting a semi-automatic rifle, uh, which they're calling it was an AK 47. Uh, but listen to the, the charges. So, so we're, we're amongst some crazy times, you know, in our, our world's history here. And, you know, everybody's being required to do their part to, um, not spread this virus and be socially conscious and distancing and, Wearing mask and gloves and all this. So, so check this out. So one of the guys is facing several charges, including armed to the terror of the public, wearing a mask in public place. So he's actually being charged with wearing a mask in a public place and being armed. So if I'm concealed carrying or if I'm open, you know, depending on what, what state you're in and you're open, it's legal to open carry here in Tennessee. And I've got a mask on. Then I don't know if that that is in Tennessee or not. This was in Washington, North Carolina, or Wilmington, North Carolina, and I think your laws are similar, aren't you in North Carolina? Oh, I'm I'm in South Carolina. You're South Carolina, okay? Yeah, we're free down here. Uh, but apparently in South Carolina, if you're armed and wearing a mask, then it's a felony. So be careful when you're out in public and you got a mask on and you're you're carrying. You, know, you could rack up some more charges from uh from your local boneheaded police but i mean these guys probably were asking for him he steps out of his car with a mask and an ak and i don't know the full story behind it but anyway i just thought that was a little ironic all right so you got any more jack wagons i'm gonna wrap up our jack wagon train and get us some some heroes here yeah i think you uh, i think you pretty much uh, had quite a few there <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so thanks to uh, Leadhead Ed and Leadhead Jason for sending their, their nominations in. If you guys want to send your Jackwagon nominations, talkingleadgmail.com and just put Jackwagon in the subject so I'll know what it is. Uh, and then on the uh, converse of that, uh, if you want to recognize someone who's done something awesome uh, in our world or a product or uh, whatever it may be that needs recognition, 
send those also and just put uh, heroes, lead head brigade heroes, lead force one, something along those lines. The Fiocchi family has been producing high-quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long-range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains... Fiocchi protects. So speaking of heroes, this guy made my Leadhead Brigade hero, and he's going to get a ride on Lead Force One. And this is a priest. And uh, some of you may have uh, heard this story. Father Tim Pelk, P-E-L-C, says a priest fired holy water through a squirt gun at his congregants. Weeks later, he's gone viral. So, I mean... Thank God, you know, there wasn't a police guy driving by and saw him doing this <laughs> because it, he's got a mask on. He's got a gun. Um, so he could, you know, he could be a felon. Father Timothy Pelt thought he would have a little fun on Easter and observe social distancing, of course, by using a plastic squirt gun to disperse holy water on parishioners. A month later, the Catholic priest who serves... St. Ambrose Parish in Gross Point Park, Michigan, has gone viral after the church posted photos on Facebook in mid-April. Uh, so he's got the, I mean, it looks like a like a blown deadline Cerakoted Glock, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that he's got. I mean, it looked, it, squirt gun looks like a real gun. And uh, people are driving up, rolling their windows down, and, windows down, and he's pointing it at them and squirting them with holy water. <laughs> it's... It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I think he ought to incorporate it into his regular service. Uh, I don't know. I, I grew up Catholic, and they've got this little ball and a little bucket of water that they kind of fling out towards the congregation. <laughs> this is this is far more precise. It's uh, precise, accurate. You know, you, yeah, you hit your I, target. I, I say they gild that thing and make it part of the priest's uh, equipment. There you and, go. And uh, he'll be able to bless them uh, from the to the back row. Says we figured sterile water was the way to go. We were prepared to do it uh, one of two ways: either we would distribute little plastic vials of holy water, but then we thought, what about a squirt gun? That's fun. If you do that, I'm coming with my family. <laughs> sure enough, one uh, of his parishioners and his family came, along with about fifty other uh, of his parishioners, uh, and they all got shot with a squirt gun with holy water. So take that, COVID nineteen. <laughs> that's awesome and there's pictures here of him uh, people are opening up their tailgates and he's squirting them through through the back with, with his gun he's got his whole catholic priest outfit on and his hat and his mask and his gun and his gloves so <laughs> he's that's my awesome. he, he's my hero uh, so welcome to the talking lead lead force one father tim pelk what about you you got any any heroes uh, it's kind of hard to top that that's a pretty good one, isn't it? It is. So just some quick things going on. Uh, NSSF uh, puts out a newsletter, and uh, they highlight you know, different things going on with the laws around our, our nation. And uh, some of their things in, in this month's newsletter, protecting mental health during COVID-19. There's an article about NSFF and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention uh, and some things that they're doing. And... Um, 
uh, I can only imagine that the suicide and you, I haven't heard much about it has, has probably gone up during this time. I don't know. Hopefully not. Uh, but I would, I would think so. Here's the ghost gun. They've got the ghost gun article there that I read that came from them. A great summer ahead for the firearm industry. This August will be the fourth year celebrating the shooting sports with tens of thousands of people who purchased their first firearms during the pandemic and millions of existing gun owners eager to get outside for a little safe trigger time. All signs point to having more to celebrate than any before. Uh, with stay-at-home orders beginning to loosen, we want to encourage our members to turn some of their focus to the NSSF Sports Month. So that's good. Good for them for encouraging people to get out during these times and, and work on their, their trigger time, which we did a good episode with uh, Canic sponsored shooter Nils Jonason, and we gave away a Canic. So hopefully that lead head will let us know when his Canic comes in and he gets out and practices. Uh, but just a great source of information if you guys haven't become members of the NSSF, National uh, Shooting Sports Foundation. Uh, take this time to do that, and you're going to get some great news, great information, great benefits. I think they offer discounts through some some uh, some of their member businesses, businesses that are members of this. And of course, that's who puts on Shot Show every year. What do you think? You think we're going to have Shot Show next year? Yeah, you think so? Without a doubt. Yeah. With you no, know, I you know we we've had practice for this for years. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's something called the Shot Show Funk crud. That oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the crud. That uh, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if it started in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, and, We've had and, it uh, for years, haven't we? We've had the COVID yeah. for years. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. Uh, obviously, not with the with the lethality to the uh, to the older folks, but um, yeah, you know, you know, people not washing hands, people not taking care of basic stuff. It's uh, uh, you know, it's about time that changed anyway. So, I, but right. I think we'll be back open. Just good personal hygiene is good anyway, you know. Right. Even, even without right. a pandemic going everywhere, <laughs> so. Right. I th- I think they will too. I think they'll have it too somehow, some way. Um, just depends on Vegas, I guess, and what kind of lockdown that they're gonna still be doing during during that time. Right. Right. So, all right, Joe. Speaking of Shot Show, let's run a couple of these uh, interviews that I've still got remaining from Shot Show. Uh, And then Joe and I will be back, and we're going to talk the Leo takedown system. Sounds great. Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltec's 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P-17. It's more bang for less buck. I know. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me anymore. <clears throat> check, well, check. You've been wearing your hat. Did you sleep in your hat? Oh, I'm, I'm sure he ran into a lot of beam last night. 
So we're just getting our pipes warmed up here, Leadheads. It's uh, day four, five, however, it depends on when you got here, I guess, of the 2020 SHOT Show. And uh, we are bringing it to you from the Buck Knives booth, the official lead quarters for the 2020 SHOT Show. And joining me now, we've got our longtime Leadhead, good friend of the show, Nick Dooley. How are we all doing? Doing good, buddy. That big, powerful voice of yours. Jeez, i got to turn you down a little bit. I get, I've had a bunch of... Uh, low talking squeaky voices over there this week. So your mic, mic is booming. So I understand you had an interesting night last night. Oh, we did. You know, we, we went into a comedy club where three quarters of the audience was over six foot tall. And uh, <laughs> so was. Uh, no at short least, people allowed. Huh? And so were at least two of the performers. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's always interesting when you have more linear feet and height than the building. <laughs> That's great. So, um, John Hickok was performing. Is that right? Yes, John Hickok was performing. If anybody doesn't know who that is, Hickok forty five is his dad, so he is equally as tall. Yeah, doesn't he do the videos with him now? Doesn't he get on camera more yeah, than he, gets, he used to? He gets on camera a lot more, and uh, you know he's he's, he's got his fish. own thing too, doesn't he? Or is he still yep. doing that? I'm not sure if he's still doing the the comedians at the range. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yep. And, you know, as always, put on a great show, so. Yeah. So you have been uh, walking this show for uh, four days now. Yep. Checking out all the, the cool, interesting things. Uh, what have you seen that's really stuck out to you? What's, what's, what's that one thing that you're just like, this is what I'm taking away from SHOT Show? Well, there's a couple things. There's, uh, there's one company I know you're going to be doing some work with already. Uh-oh. That who, who, who that who that is that that has their interchangeable barrel system for their AR-15. Yeah. Don't have my notebook with me that I wrote everything down because I'm getting old and need to take notes now. Yeah, and you got drunk last night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bur- bourbon helps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, nope. So that was neat, just because you know it's anytime you can do toolless changeover on barrels, super handy to do. And you know that was one of those that I thought was really innovative and neat. The new SB braces because SB braces are always nice and looking at their innovation. And I personally prefer them more to the Magpul braces. Okay. So what, uh, what are they doing new? You know, just more of the different mounting systems. Of course, they have new mounting systems coming out for the AK that'll mount onto a traditional AK pistol so you don't have to butcher up a uh, piece of pick rail to put it on the back to mount it. Oh, okay, cool. That's not- it's not too bad. So, yep, side folding triangle, AK Side braces. folder, okay. Very nice. What else? The Palmetto State Armory new development that they have for their piston-driven AR concept. Okay. That was probably one of the more innovative things. It's a bufferless system, so everything sits on top of the receiver and runs back and forth. Yeah. So it actually covers the buffer tube with a chunk of pick rail. Oh, okay. It's only available as a pistol right now. So I saw that last year. No. Was it the year before last? It's either last year or the year before last. Uh, um, they brought the prototype by, and I got to yep. see it. Yeah. So they actually have it out now? Yep, they have it out now, and they had two of their MP5s on display. Oh, okay. So, so we'll see if those actually come out this year. Nice. Very good. What else? I mean, you you've got four days of stuff. Four days of stuff. There's there's that. There's the 
you know, anytime you get in, because the PCC market is huge right now. Mm-hmm. So pistol caliber carbines. Yep, pistol caliber car- carbines are the new hotness, and probably my favorite one I touched this year, because this year I actually got to go to range day for a little bit. So I got to put some rounds through that new Keltec Sub 2000 that's integral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Integrally suppressed. Integrally, what do you say? Integrally, how's, how's that word? Integrally suppressed, I think is how it's supposed to be. All right. It's made with a suppressor. <laughs> yep. And the other best part of it, everybody who's ever had one went, you know, this thing would be really great with an optic on it, but I still want to fold it. So since that, uh, you know, as I know you had it up on Instagram showing how that cams over mm-hmm. to the side for the handguard and locks back into place every time so it's completely repeatable. Mm-hmm. But you can fold it and stow it to have everything going on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's probably uh, uh, my favorite thing that I've seen so far at SHOT Show is the, the sub-SQB, I think is what yep. they're calling it. Sub-SQB. Yep. And, of course, you know, the the improvements that they made to the RDB platform where it actually has the M-Lock rail on the front end is also yeah. great in my mind. Yeah, they're calling that the Defender. Yep, and it was, you know, as always, they pumped out a lot of innovation. So. Yeah, very cool. And uh, oh, something guess, else. Yeah, there's one other thing that was brand new to shot this year. It's actually the first time it ever saw the light to public. And uh, we brought him by to talk to you, and that was the Trigger Interactive System. Yeah, this is Tyler. Tyler, welcome in. Hey, everybody. So a Trigger Interactive System. What, uh, what are we talking about? This sounds to me like you've got something that's going to go on my AR. The uh, trigger interactive system. Not quite. Uh, not quite. It's, it's trigger interactive, <laughs> and, and basically what we're doing is we're taking a $9,000 military-grade pop-up target and condensing it down into a $200 consumer electronic device that when you attach these devices to any off-the-shelf, non-proprietary from any manufacturer firearm or a steel firearm target, mm-hmm. they'll allow those targets to interact with the shooter. Cool. Cool. So let's... Uh, Let's let's break it down to since we're all audio here. There's no video. Let's let's paint a picture for our listeners on how this is going to work. Sure. So basically, this this device is a um, about the uh, surface area size of a credit card, um, inch tall. It has a Velcro uh, 3M pad on it. You attach that to the back side of your target. Each device has a high visibility signal flag, which we offer in a variety of colors: fluorescent orange, fluorescent green. Uh, camouflage and then eventually maybe IR reflective. Right. What happens is uh, these flags will rotate out from behind the target, expose themselves into the shooter's line of sight, basically saying, hey, shoot this particular target. When the target is hit, the unit will then read the vibration and deactivate the signal. So, i.e., your pop up right. and pop down. Now, when you have multiple devices paired within a system, they'll wirelessly communicate with each other to orchestrate various shooting drills, training scenarios or even shooting games. Now, is this using uh, radio signals? So, How do they um, communicate? Both radio and Bluetooth. So okay. your phone, your smartphone, your tablet uh, is the controller. It controls the whole system and all um, you pair everything in, um, set up your scenario parameters, and it's also um, bringing in all the data from the scenario when you're running through it. So phone to a main control hub via Bluetooth, which just sits next to you on the range, and then that control hub is essentially the central brain, and it is sending signals and receiving signals directly to and from those individual smart target attachments out on the range. Very cool. And this, 
So you, it's a Velcro system right now. It's the way that you've got the uh, the attachment mechanism. Correct. So, I mean, I could put this on literally anything. Correct. So if I've got old chairs, I mean, I'm just looking at <laughs> chairs sitting here, and that's my target. I could pop these on there. and if, or if I've got a tree in my backyard, I could put it, you know, on a yep. tree or... As, as long but as you can't shoot it's made through for it. your yeah 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 as long as you can't shoot through it correct yeah so it's got to be, have be able to hit make contact with the the projectile correct yep okay but ideally like you're saying for steel targets to get that uh, um, to make them uh, interactive targets yeah yeah because reactive I, I, targets I don't know about you guys but um, when you think about it uh, <clears throat> you know you have a, you have several thousand dollars in guns. A hundred, few hundred dollars in gear. Mm-hmm. Um, you go out to the range, take a, uh, several hundred dollars of ammunition, uh, spend twenty or thirty minutes driving to the range, and once you get out there, after all that time and money spent, you're going to shoot at a ten-cent piece of paper that you constantly have to go downrange to replace. With this, um, you're getting real-time statistics on your shooting, uh, all down to the millisecond. It'll track your accuracy, reaction times. Uh, split times in between targets, uh, you name it. Am I putting that in there right? Is that uh, right? The best way to do it is you just kind of grab that, mm-hmm. give it a little flex. And so with that bend right there, okay. uh, it makes it rigid, really rigid, right. um, adds some structure so it doesn't get And I would say these are, the these are replaceable. Oh, yeah, and they're inexpensive. The flags I'm, is what I'm talking yeah. about, guys. So. Yep. So you can, you can shoot through them quite easily, and they can take multiple hits. Right. Um, when you're done, you just pull them out, pop them right back in, toolless changeover. Nice. Nice. And what I like about this is is the portability of them. So you could take these if you don't have your own, and let's say you go to a range that has steel targets, <clears throat> and they're going to allow you to do this, then mm-hmm. then you could just take your little system there, and then you could uh, yep. anywhere anywhere in the country. So if you're traveling around the country, yep. <clears throat> um, very nice. They, they run off rechargeable lithium-ion batteries. You're going to get 10 hours or more of battery life on a single charge, and that will increase with the more smart target attachments that you have because the largest power drain is the servo. Mm-hmm. And so if you have more targets activating, um, your, your each individual one is going to take less battery. But they're completely right. weatherproof, um, UV-resistant, uh, nylon 66 uh, housings. Uh, they use a waterproof USB-C charging port just like... Uh, any of your cell phones and normal electronics these days. Okay. And these aren't available yet, right? Yep, correct. Coming? We, coming early summer. Um, we're hoping to start pre-sales here in about a month or so. Okay. Do you have websites set up? Yep, yep. It's uh, triggerinteractive.com. Mm-hmm. Go and check us out. Triggerinteractive.com. Now, what's the plan as far as uh, how are you going to sell these, like a package of three or four? Correct. So um, right off the bat, you'll have to uh, buy the starter kit, um, and that will come with the control hub, three smart target attachments, and uh, you download the app, and right off the bat, you get our basic combat game for free, which is based on the U.S. Army's M16 qualification tables, where you got random targets popping up for uh, random amounts of time. And what are we talking about uh, retail here? Uh, so we're still polishing it up right now um, with the circuit board manufacturer, but we're looking at a retail between six to eight hundred bucks, which is right on par with the average cost of a pistol within the industry. Um, after that, um, there there is a monthly subscription that you can uh, get into, which will allow you to gain access to up to twenty various, uh, like I said, scenarios, shooting games, shooting drills, and 
it will also allow you to create a profile and you can track your shooting statistics over time. So you can see where you need to improve, how you need or how you've improved over uh, the past, you know, time period. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Very um, cool. And I guess that that will run 15 a month, but as you commit to a longer period, that can drop all the way down to 4.99. Okay. Very cool. Well, um, I don't have any more. You have any questions, Dooley? So with the, the applications of this, you know, as it's these profiles you're talking about, you're going to have the shooting scenarios. They're, they're based off people from, like, you know, law enforcement and military instructors, so there will be things that will allow you to learn as you go along, correct? Correct. Um, we've, we've got a program in here for almost anybody, whether you're a recreational shooter uh, who just wants to play games like repelling zombie hordes or... Um, uh, uh, or you're a law enforcement officer who wants to train with innocent bystanders, uh, and we're also going to work on a program for PRS shooters as well. So competition, military, we, law enforcement. Did we talk about the range on this? Oh, yeah. So the, the base system uh, goes out to a range of 100 yards right now. Okay. And then later on this summer we'll be coming out with signal repeaters, and hopefully that will allow us to step it up uh, to 1,500 yards or more to make sure uh, that we can get out to those longer ranges. Okay. Or uh, you could also just use it to help boost your signal strength at really any range. Very cool. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you coming by. Dooley, thanks for uh, bringing this innovation to the lead heads. Do what I can. <laughs> you do. You do, man. We appreciate it. Uh, so one more time, give your uh, your website, social medias, and all Absolutely. that good stuff. Um, triggerinteractive.com. We just got our new website up on... Uh, Sunday, go check us out. Um, we were at the pop-up preview this week at SHOT Show. Had a lot of great response. Um, check us out on, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, Trigger Interactive. Very cool. Guys, we're going to be back with more from the 2020 SHOT Show from the official lead quarters here at Buck Knives. All right, so I hope you enjoyed those interviews there from SHOT Show. Sorry it's taking me so long to get those out. I just had so many uh, interviews and uh, I still got a few more, so stay tuned. <laughs> but now we want to talk about Joe's trip up here to Nashville and uh, helping me correct the immense jack-up job that I did of his, <laughs> his LEO system <laughs> and, uh, and did me right. So um, the issue that I had, let's just go ahead and, and talk about the issue that I had, and then we'll talk about the proper way that you're supposed to go about installing this. So it comes with instruction, and there are videos that they have available. Uh, if I had watched the video, it probably, no, I know it, it would have prevented this, but I did <laughs> it. It really helps. You know, we, we spend a lot of time working on those instructions, and it yeah. really helps to read them and, and uh, watch the video. And I'm one of those that's got get there itis. I have very little patience. <laughs> I don't have patience at all, so... Uh, as I was going through, and, and I had no problem putting the, the main component uh, on my upper. I mean, that's just easy-peasy, uh, parcheesy. It's so, it's so easy to put that piece on. And so I did that, and that was fine. I had everything right there. But it was going when I was going to um, put my barrel in and line up my barrel. And, and they even have idiot markers on all the, the, the components that, you know, here's a line here. You think that should probably line up with something. That's probably important. It didn't even occur to me. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I got to go putting the, um, what's the adapter? The, uh, the barrel, the barrel coupling, the barrel coupling, uh, on, uh, getting the barrel in and putting the barrel coupling on. Um, I didn't test, you know, there was a little bit of play, 
uh, in it. And I thought, oh, that'll tighten up once I get it on, and you know, it'll be fine, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't. And as I went to shoot it, the barrel was moving, and uh, it prevented the gun from, from operating. So um, the proper thing that I should have done was use the shims. <laughs> that is that is correct right so that thus thus comes in the video that i did and joe coming to nashville um so thank you for doing that for one and thank royal range for allowing us to use their facilities and their tools and their range um, that's just a fabulous facility uh, it's it's remarkable if you guys ever get a chance to come to nashville uh, for no other reason just for royal range it'll be worth your trip definitely and it is open it's one of the few things that in Nashville that is open and running and, and has been during this, this time. Um, but, yeah, well worth the trip to come in. Uh, so let's just kind of go from, from start to finish and, and talk about the, what we're doing with the, the Leo takedown system, Joe. Well, I, I, so just to start from the beginning, it, it's a quick disconnect coupling that can be installed on any mil-spec AR-15 upper receiver and barrel. And basically allows you to be able to remove the barrel uh, quickly and easily. Uh, no special tools, no levers, no uh, uh, pieces to catch, no ratcheting parts to wear out. Um, it, uh, it allows for a, a rapid deployment from concealment, uh, less than seven seconds uh, with practice. Um, it's, it's made of military-grade steel. Uh, the barrel is, is basically it's replacing the uh, replacing the delta ring on an AR-15. Uh, it's a steel-on-steel contact, um, so there's no wear and tear, right. and the barrel goes back into the same position every time. It's basically clamping the barrel to the upper receiver, um, and it's compatible with anything that you can run in an AR-15. Uh, so nine millimeter, two two four Valkyrie, uh, six five uh, Grendel. You know, just if it fits in the AR-15 platform, it'll work with this. Right. And so, mil spec being the, the key here, too, because as we were measuring some barrels and you told me some stories about other people, um, there's a certain uh, fudge range there that you got to be within. Sure. Sure. So uh, there are millions of different uh, variations that uh, people have put their special sauce on the design of the upper receiver on the design of, of the barrels. But 90% of the folks are sticking to the basic mil spec dimensions. And that is the, the thickness just below the rail on the upper receiver. Um, and the other thing being the diameter of the barrel at the base, uh, somewhere in the 0.98 inches is, uh, is what is customary. Now there's some, there's some custom barrel manufacturers out there that think it's a really great idea to, to make a super slim barrel, um, those, those particular barrels won't work with the, uh, with the takedown system. They're just too narrow. Uh, but 90% of them will. Uh, so that was, that was some of the things we had talked about. Yours were fine. Uh, mm -hmm. yours were in the range and, uh, and it was just a matter of getting those, uh, those, uh, shims installed. Yeah. Well, and, and when I first did it, uh, also I didn't have, um, my handguards. I had issues with the the handguards and the barrel nuts. Um, sure. A couple of the ones that I was trying to use didn't really work with it. But I did find that the Mission First Tactical handguards are they work perfect with it. 
Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I ordered a couple more of those and replaced the other ones with the Mission First Tactical, which, oh, by the way, if you guys want a 20% discount at Mission First Tactical, use the code LEADHEAD and uh, you get 20% off um, your order there at Mission First Tactical. Wanted to throw that in. <laughs> but, uh, and then I also got some, some, some muzzle brakes, which muzzle brakes aren't an issue with this. It's not going to matter one way or other. You're the muzzle brake that you're using. Um, but uh, we did use some Mission First Tactical uh, muzzle brakes. We used their grips and we used their butt stocks also uh, for the, the, the lower. Um, but the hand guards work great. So if you guys are looking for hand guards and you want one that you know that's going to work, the Mission First Tactical hand guards work perfect for this Leo takedown system. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, they, they really work well. So continue. Ah, okay. So, uh, like I said, it's a straight in, straight out. It's real easy to, uh, to install and take the barrel out. Um, only gross motor skills are required. Uh, you, you pull back on the lever or on the ring and the barrel pops out. Uh, same thing for going back in. Um, you got to use it out on the range for the first time and it, and it, uh, was real easy to, uh, to operate. Yeah, uh, and and that's and that's part of the uh, that that's part of the uh, the draw to the system right. is the ease of use, um, the solid lockup. And we've uh, talked about other systems on this show before. Uh, a few years ago, there was one uh, you know that I had some experience with as far as just using. I now I had never installed it, so I can't speak to the you know the the ease of installing that other system. Um, but, uh, com- compared to just the use, uh, after it's been installed, this one, the Leo takedown is a lot easier, a lot simpler, a lot quicker, um, less steps involved with taking apart and reinserting and, and locking. Uh, it's, it's real simple. It's just like Joe was saying, there's a, there's a ring you pull back on, uh, releases the barrel, you pull it straight out. Put the next one in. It seats. It basically just falls into place. Uh, Correct. And Correct. It, and then you pull it in, and it locks in to the bearing system. Uh, and then you just you can turn it just a little. You don't have to turn it, but you you know turn it just a lot. Make sure it's locked in. We we have a locking feature. If you turn the uh, if you turn that slip ring forty five one way or the other just a little bit, yep. it uh, it takes the lockout pins out of alignment, and there is no way for the barrel to be removed in that in that state. Right. So you, um, you so want to make sure you do that just for safety purposes. Yeah. If you're running any kind of uh, if you're running any kind of a range uh, where you might bump it, uh, or you're running a, a large caliber, uh, you might want to to twist that. But it's it's perfectly fine mm-hmm. on five five six six eight three hundred blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more optional there. But yeah. Yeah. And um, and of course, with any of the the different calibers like the six five Grendel that we we went from five five six three hundred blackout to that one, you know, there's a bolt change obviously um, that you're going to have to do. So if you're Correct. shooting that, the four fifty eight, the the nine, if you do a nine mil conversion, if you got one of those, and obviously you know you're going to have to to make those and magazines also on some of them. Um, but those three calibers, the only thing, only thing I had to change out was that one bolt, the same magazines and of course ammunition, different ammunition. Um, it's always a good idea to color coordinate or mark somehow your barrels so you can get quick recognition of what they are. Uh, same thing with your magazines. And in that video, uh, that, that video that I did, I, I had done that. Yeah. And, uh, uh I was going to mention something about that. That was actually a very smart, uh, thing to do safety wise. 
Well, thank you. Sometimes I have good ideas. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> Not always. No. So, um, so we got a chance to to take it out after we did it and did you know proof of concept that it works and that it's you know even a bonehead like me could operate it and do it. Um, but I, I'm gonna. I told Joe I'm gonna go out to the range this week and I'm gonna get a little more proficient with it. Do um, you know get everything sighted in? And uh, really, you know, kind of run it the best I, I can. Uh, now, you've got law enforcement and military guys using this this system as well. And yeah, it's not absolutely. just for multi-caliber. I mean, it's for if you want to change the configuration to close-quarter combat to long-range precision, you know, it's just changing that, you know, your barrel, your bolt, whatever it takes. And then you've got a quick detached scope, boom, boom, popping that off, popping that on. Uh, that's correct. We've actually uh, worked with the Floyd County Police Department um, in Rome, Georgia, which is where the company is based out of. Uh, they wanted to be able to carry a full-size rifle um, with them at all times without carrying a full-size rifle with them at all times. So <laughs> we've got a, a bag that this fits into. It breaks down. It's about the size of a book bag. Okay. Um, it allows dismounted officers or – backpack. Uh, a little backpack, a little book bag, and they have on their back a full-size rifle. If something were to happen that they needed it, it's right there. They don't have to go running back to the car. Um, and it also works for uh, motorcycle uh, policemen. They can put it in their saddlebag. Mm-hmm. And, um, or helicopter now, pilots. Well, or helicopter pilots. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's – you don't uh, – you know, the, the, the public gets – uh, gets a little nervous when they see policemen walking around with full-size rifles. Over in Europe, it's a, it's an everyday thing, but here, uh, you know, they get uh, they get panicky enough when the cops walking around with just a sidearm. Uh, so, you know, this allows them to be able to have uh, what they need in the way of tools on hand in a discreet fashion, and uh, and and in seven seconds, it's out and and ready to protect the public. So, yeah, uh, school resource officers, um, the bag can be made into uh, into school colors, um, so that they can be just standing in the hallway with a backpack, um, just like all the students. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it is very useful in, in that regard. Um, being so able for to storage, have storage yeah, for storage or concealability purposes. Uh, it works great with, uh, this ability that, that you've allowed the AR 15 to, to be able to do now. Sure. Sure. And then there's, there's climbing up into a deer stand, um, yeah, you, you now have the way to, to break it in half, put it on your back. Uh, you know, no having to worry about, uh, banging around and, and trying to get up without, uh, without hurting yourself. So, or dropping the gun. So, uh, right. you know, it's, it's, uh, lots of uses, just lots of uses. Well, personally, I, I have a, uh, I have, I carry one in my trunk and, uh, you know, going, going to the range and, and back. And it's nice to be able to stop and get groceries and, uh, you know, someone's walking by and they don't see a rifle bag in the trunk. They just see another book bag. Yeah. Well, they should keep their eyes to themselves <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there's, there's Karens out there. There's a know? lot of Karens. There are. There are a lot of Karens. I just saw a video. I think Argo J posted. And this chick was pulling up next to a police officer and just going off on him because he was, and he lived at this apartment complex. And he had a key and everything, and she thought he was trying to break into something. And she's like, I'm reporting you and blah, blah. He's like, I'm a police officer. <laughs> this is... Oh, anyway, uh, the Karens of the world. Jack wagons, there you go. 
Uh, but what I was going to say is the the weight of this does it doesn't add much weight to your system at all either. So I went and weighed the three barrels in my receiver. I didn't do the didn't do the um, didn't do it with ammo. So this is dry without ammo before ammo, and it was less than eighteen pounds with three full size barrels, sixteen inch barrels. Um, the lower and your system, the coupling and the LEO system itself, the the Leo system itself, uh, it was less than eighteen pounds with with all that. Yeah, the, the coupling itself weighs ten ounces, uh, but it's it's in the very center of the gun, so it it uh, it doesn't add any forward weight or back weight. It uh, it keeps the balance of of the rifle uh, where it is. Yeah. So it's very unobtrusive. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so I wanted to make that point too, that you're not adding a whole lot of, of weight here to your, it's, it's virtually unnoticeable, but I was carrying around three different calibers. You know, I had three different calibers and again, putting this in a bag, I mean, I'm only, it's only going to be 18 plus your ammo, 18, less than 18 pounds, you know, and I could carry three different calibers. So I could have long range, intermediate and close quarter. Handy. And then of course, if I'm going with shorter barrels, then the weight's even less. That is correct. You know, but again, you got to be careful. So if you've got a lower and you've got a stock on it and you throw a, a barrel on there that's less than 16 inches, then you're getting into to, uh, NSF. SBR. Yeah, you're, get, you're getting into uh, NFA shit and you don't, you know, you don't want to go down that road. So unless you've got your SBR and it's already SBR'd, um, but I don't think you can put a full size on an SBR. And once it's an SBR, it's an SBR, right? I don't think you go back and forth from a rifle to SBR, rifle to SBR. I think that's some things you want to look into, you know. But you can just avoid all that and put a pistol brace on it. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, or just shoot uh, 16 inch or longer barrels on it. Correct, correct. Um, but, you know, we always got to throw those caveats out there. If you're going to get in to start doing that kind of stuff, you want to check your local, lo- uh, local, federal, state laws on what's legal where you live. All right, so if you leadheads uh, are interested in this, which uh, I know you are, I know you want to check into it. You probably want to get your own. Uh, what are we looking at for price-wise here? What are these retail for, Joe? So the kit, the kit uh, has got an MSRP of uh, three forty-nine. It's uh, we sell it for two ninety-nine online. What's included um, in the kit? That's enough to take one and make one AR. So that's an AR and a barrel. Uh, we sell the couplings uh, for additional barrels. Uh, so you got a kit and then two extra couplings uh, yes. to, uh, for a grand total of three barrels. Okay. Uh, so the couplings are $59 each. Um, they're really not expensive. And each coupling comes with the uh, the cap that covers the gas tube and protects the, the barrel extension. Yeah. Uh, so uh, very inexpensive. And uh, we're running a special for leadheads. Uh, oh, do tell, do tell. Yeah, go to leotakedown.com and uh, enter the the code Leadhead at checkout. That sounds familiar. And, uh, yeah, and <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll give you a ten percent discount on the whole shebang. Awesome. Uh, and that and that goes uh, that goes whether or not you're a dealer or a, or a re, or a uh, just a regular consumer. Oh, really? You're going to extend that to dealers also? Absolutely. That's awesome. So there you go, uh, Leadheads. Here's your opportunity to try out one of these awesome, um, I want to call them multi-caliber systems because that's what I use it for. But I mean, there's so many other uses for it. So if you want a nice compact, storable truck gun, backpack gun, um, 
you want to be able to switch from close quarter combat to precision long range shooting just within a matter of seconds, not having to carry around, lug around two guns. Uh, like I said, three, I've got, I've got the ability for three different guns, less than 18 pounds that I could throw in a backpack and, and carry around with me. Uh, this is the chance 10% off use the code leadhead. And this is at their website only, uh, go to L E O T A K E D O W N.com. That's Leo takedown.com and uh, use that code to get 10% off. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for taking care of the lead heads, brother. I know they're going to appreciate that. And by the time you guys are uh, listening to this podcast, we will have available on the website a, a Leo takedown kit that includes the upper receiver already installed with the receiver coupling. Uh, and that takes half of the install right out of the picture. Um, and That's we'll have awesome. that available for customers. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, that'll be huge. So price on that, it's uh, 359 It's a uh, great price on an upper receiver. And uh, and you can, of course, you can use the, the discount Leadhead code. discount code. The 10% uh, applies to that, too. Very good. So make sure you guys take advantage of that uh, that discount code. And uh, if you know you want to skip a step and maybe you don't have an upper, uh, this would be a good way to go ahead and, and get it already assembled for you there. Now, the barrel, they're still going to have to install those. The, the it it the is, but that's, uh, that's half the installation, and you basically get the upper receiver for $10. That's great. You can't beat that. Very cool. All right. So, um, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take it out to the range. I'll get some pictures. We'll do some videos. Uh, I did a few, we did a few at Royal range and that video is posted now. So you guys can go check that out on our social media. Uh, I, th I think I'm going to post it on YouTube too, cause it's a long enough video that it, it would make an all right. Awesome. So you can go to our, our YouTube. It'll be the first video that I've posted on YouTube in about five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> You should feel honored about about that, Joe. I am. I am honored. Um, but it's just like I said, it's just uh, addressing really the issue that I had, and just wanted to give you guys a quick visual of of what the system is. And I mean, you're probably going to come up with some some uses for it as you guys are watching the video and seeing it. You're like, oh, that would be great for this. As those ideas come in, shoot me an email, talkinglet at gmail dot com, and let me know how you would use it. How would you use the Leo takedown system? And we awesome. might we might have a, a prize for the um, most creative answer. You never know. We're always giving away stuff here on the Talking Lead Podcast. And speaking of contest, uh, as you guys know, we're doing one with Keltec, Mission First Tactical, Buck Knives, Defy Watches, and Fioki Ammo. And that's coming. Now that Mission First has opened back their doors. Uh, they're getting ramped up, and once David gets everything squared away, we're going to be making the announcement on what you got to do to get involved with that awesome giveaway coming up. So stay tuned for that. As always, make sure that you guys are supporting those that support this show. Keltec Weapons, Fioki Ammo, Mission First Tactical, Modern Spartan Systems, Century Arms, Occam Defense Solutions, Royal Range USA, uh, and, of course, our good buddies there at Leo Takedown. Go to their Instagrams, their Facebooks, their websites. Let them know that you're part of the Leadhead Brigade. Let them know that you appreciate everything that they're doing, not only uh, to make this show possible, uh, but also for our Second Amendment rights. 
and of course buy their products. Go to their websites, use these discount codes, or go to your local gun shop. Uh, and that's like the ultimate way that you can uh, show support. Buy their products. <laughs> very important. Thank you very much. Buy what they're selling. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time and definitely for making the trip to Nashville to, uh, to straighten me out, sir. <laughs> well, we'll uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We appreciated going up there, appreciated being on the show, and uh, we'll have to do that again sometime. That uh, besides, we have to work on the on the uh, Cannonball Run script. That's right. Um, yeah, Cannonball Run twenty twenty one. Um, Maybe t- make it 2023. We need a little bit more time than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, you never know. We, we definitely may come up with Cannonball Run 3. And, and I might be in it. You might be in it. Who knows? Awesome. <laughs> All right, there's, there's always room, right? There's always room. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And keep your firearms closer and keep them compact and ready with the Leo takedown system. <laughs> like it. <laughs>